Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 57 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, what to look for on a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. And last week, we had Barry Shore, who despite having a paralyzing health incident, lives his life with joy. Today, we have as our guest, Bernadette Donnelly. Bernadette is a life goals coach for professionals who want to get more from their career and their life. Over the years, she's purchased real estate, thinking that when she retired, she could sell one each year and live very comfortably. But then she realized that she would have to pay about 60% of the proceeds in taxes and went about looking for solutions. She learned about ways to turn her properties into investments that pay her an income without the hit of capital gains taxes. And her first closing was on July 23rd, 2021. Bernadette, welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. Thank you, Rennie. It's nice to be here. Great. Let's, let's get right to it with some questions. Tell sure. us why you do what you do as a life goals coach. I love to work with people and I have studied hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP for short. I have studied uh, psychology, organizational, cultural psychology. And when I work with individuals and teams um, I work with them on their internal state, so the soft skills that allow them to build stronger, more powerful working relationships. And when I see some, the light goes on in somebody's eyes, for me, it's a great aha. So somebody has a mind shift or basically we blow out the boundaries of their map, of their internal map. And suddenly their eyes go wide and they get silent. And I just let them, I just let, let it go in. <laughs> and then they come back and say something that's totally different than what they were thinking before. And it, it, for me, every time I see that happen, I think that I'm making a better world. Because I think when we heal internally, we, that extends outside of ourselves. I mean, we have to, certainly we have to have the, the social skills as well. We have to build the connection to other people, but it starts, it starts within, it starts with the self. And yeah. I am, I've been doing this work for many, many years, even though I worked at corporate, I worked in corporate positions. I did project management. I did program management. I ran project management offices. I'm also very good at process and step-by-step. -step, and that also helps me to bring my clients to the next step. So every time we meet, we talk about what they need to shift. They shift it. <laughs> they shift it. Uh, I facilitate. That's all I do is facilitate. They have the answers and I pull them out. Yeah. One of the things you touched on reminded me of the quote from um, 
uh, Gandhi about if you want to change the world, start with yourself. Absolutely. Um, it's true. Now, you know that I give away 100% of the profits from the work I do uh, to charity. Is there a particular charity that you support? And if so, what do they do? This is, this is a really good question because um, I always considered myself a dog person and I did get my, the two great white boxers that I had. I, I rescued both of them. But uh, when I got into my current location, I couldn't have a big dog. And if you can't have a big dog, you can't have a dog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I adopted a cat and cats, I think they, you know, they have a bad rep. And they're mistreated a lot. I adopted a cat who was about three years old from the organization called FUR, F-U-R-R-R. And I actually, I, I go to Amazon Smile when I purchase on Amazon. Amazon has, um, they automatically put a part of your purchase to the charity that you, that you decide you want to send it to. And my purchase, my extra money, my, my charity money goes to fur. They're yeah. a wonderful organization. And my cat had to be homed with them for a year before she could be adopted out. She mm. was mistreated by a three-year-old. Oh. Well, the word that I heard was she was terrorized by a three-year-old. So she was pretty skittish when I got her. She's very different. They're very different from dogs, cats yeah. are. Very and, independent. But yes, she's, they are. And it's great because you could leave them for days at a time if you just leave enough food and a place for them to use the bathroom. Yeah, I wouldn't I, do that. I had a cat, her, though, for, but, but you could, right? Yeah, I had um, a cat for 18 years, so I'm oh, speaking from experience. Yeah. So she's, because I've been home through the COVID thing, she's really bonded to me. And she, I'm surprised she's not here right now because when she hears conversations, she likes to get in on them. <laughs> she has been known to send a chat or two while I'm on Zoom. <laughs> I'm guessing your target market from what you said are professionals in industry and technology. And I know that you present at Project Management Institute chapters, but mm -hmm. tell me what your biggest failure was, whether it was personal or business. Well, I think one of my biggest failures financially was not starting to invest early. Um, I believed, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but I think a lot of people do believe, women in particular, yes. uh, believe that there's going to be a knight in shining armor that's going to ride in on a big white steed and rescue them. And life will be happily ever after, and they'll share, they'll live in the castle and share the pot of gold. Well, my knight had rusty armor, and the steed was an old mare. And he, he spent money like it was going out of style. Mm. Um, I was lucky to get out of that relationship intact. It, it was very expensive, but it was a very, pause, a very big learning. Um, yeah. I, I worked for Fidelity Investments, and I started investing in mutual funds. Well, I have a bad history with that. If, if I put money into a mutual fund, you should get out. Because it's <laughs> <laughs> it happened over and over. And then I had a sort of a reawakening. I took a trip to Ireland and met some of my cousins. 
And I have some very wealthy cousins in Ireland, like some of them own the whole town. Mm. I met with one of my cousins and we had to, it was a hard, they had construction all over the city of Carlo. And I said, it's so hard to find a parking space. And he said, well, yeah, we're building that parking garage because we can't find any more property to buy. So we're building it now. Mm. And um, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, why aren't I taking this money that I'm throwing away in mutual funds and investing in properties? So I did. I started small. I started buying uh, single family residences. And so the cash flow was very low. Um, and there were a lot of expenses, but I thought if I can just hold on, I'll sell these when I retire and live very nicely on, you know, a single family residence, hundred thousand dollars plus. Right. Yeah. And then I discovered the tax obligations with selling a property without doing anything with the proceeds. Yes. Uh, and so my biggest, well, the biggest failure was that belief that somebody's going to save me. If I had believed early on that my financial future is up to me, I would have done things like there were companies I worked for that gave 401k match and I wasn't in the program. Mm. I eventually realized that was free money and I was yes. definitely going to get in the pot. <laughs> so. So that helped. But there were so many times when, I mean, I remember I was, I guess it was in my 30s, late 20s, I had an opportunity to buy a condominium. And it was close to work. It was really convenient. And I looked at the finances and I thought, I can't afford this. I never considered the tax depreciation. I never considered all of the deductions I would get from it. And I thought, I can't afford this. 18 months later, it was something like something ridiculous, like Mm $40,000. And it was right in a nice residential area, really close to two, three major highways in Massachusetts. It was within five minutes of, and within 18 months, that same condo was selling for $180,000. Yeah. Like that's why I say wealth creation is a team sport, not a solo sport. Because unless you're talking to someone else, you can overlook all of the possibilities. And when you're talking about thinking that someone might come along and save you, there's a fabulous book, I don't know if you're aware of it, by Barbara Staney, who is an H&R Block heir. And she wrote a book called Prince Charming Isn't Coming. <laughs> it's a, I think it's a I've heard of it. For her. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. But- yeah. But um, my prince charming did come. He just wasn't a prince and he wasn't very charming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, talk about a team sport. And it wasn't until I started looking at my own money beliefs and how. So my parents came through the Depression. My father was a lawyer, but his two brothers were Benedictine monks. And his sister was a sister of mercy, a, oh, a Catholic nun. Like a vow they of poverty. Lost, exactly. They took vows of poverty. He didn't, but he still had the poverty mindset. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, that was sort of passed down to us. Like our ship will be wealthy when our ship comes in. 
Well, guess what? The ship doesn't come in. You have to put those pennies in the bank every single day. And at the end of it, if you find a great investment or you talk to the right people, you can take that pot and you can make that grow. So it, it just, I had to look at what I was carrying around about money. I don't have, I don't have bad, my parents actually had bias against wealthy people. Mm-hmm. Well, I found that that is widespread because when you look at Hollywood movies, TV shows, uh, books, fairy tales, you'll see that even the scripture says that poor people are the better and the wealthy people are not. And yet so it's conditioning. It is conditioning. And yet the most philanthropic people on the earth are people that have the money Mm-hmm. To put into these programs, foundations, uh, charitable works, um, and what what we would do without it, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. So I don't believe I have the bias against wealthy people, but I didn't have a lot of wealthy friends. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have friends who I could call and say, hey, um, I have some real estate. I need to figure out what to do with it until I until I overcame the beliefs that I was carrying around. I have to do it all on my own. Nobody's there to help me kind of thing. When I put those aside and I have to say one of the the helpful things that I did was to sign up for your program. Oh, thank you. uh, uh, um, Wealth on any income. Right. And I had, I had even read, you know, uh, start, start the, a lot of financial books, and they just didn't go in, right? Until I actually started looking at myself and what I was carrying around in my own beliefs. And then I reached out to you, and we had one conversation. And in that conversation, I had so many great ahas, because I did a lot of the work first on myself. And, and everything you said was like ping, ping, ping inside my brain. <laughs> And I was, I just want to thank you for that. You're welcome, Bernadette. Well, let me ask you, to support you, is there a valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will further help them based on the work that you do? Absolutely. Uh, My website is fearlessprojectmanagement.com, fearlessprojectmanagement.com. I'll put that in the uh, show notes. Okay, and they're a great ebook that there's a little pop up, it comes up, it's called fearlessprojectmanagement.com slash passion. Mm-hmm. It's find your passion and your purpose. What it is, is you identify what you're passionate about, and then it drives you and motivates you to create a purpose around. It. It's like you don't discover your purpose you actually create it by looking at what you're passionate about. Uh, I so enjoy this ebook and and anyone who wants it can go on and and get this free ebook on my website. Thank you so much, Bernadette. Well, thank you for what you contributed. Thank you for being on the show. Well, I so enjoyed it, Rennie. I, I always enjoy talking with you and I want to thank you for, for contributing to um, 
the service dogs and the soldiers and putting, making those matches, I think that is so important that the people who have gone out and supported us yes. with their lives and their energy um, by fighting for us and, and working for us actually have the support they need when they come back. And there's nothing better than the support, the love, the unconditional love of a dog. Oh, you're absolutely right, Bernadette. Again, thank you for being on the show. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform and please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor, just like we spoke about, and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive weekly emails with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. And next week, our guest will be Chris Gomberg. Chris is a retirement coach who will talk about how to solve the concerns about what to do and how to deal with not having to work. Those are issues to be aware of. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.